This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name's Ricardo. And my name is Sam. And this is the Outer Limit Frequency. Jean-Michel Basquiat once said that art is how we decorate space, music is how we decorate time, which is quite a provocative thought, because one aspect of music, and specifically of an album's composition, that often gets left out of the conversation is its length, which is to say, how much time can this piece of music decorate? And this is the consideration behind the next two episodes of our show. Tonight we'll be discussing the pros and cons of short albums. Now, how do we define a short album, you ask? Pretty much however we want. This isn't some kind of stinking democracy, and context is always a key factor. But it's worth mentioning before we start that the vast majority of records covered on tonight's show clock in at less than 30 minutes, which seems like a fair, if arbitrary, line to draw in the sand. I'll be honest, I wanted to get through this episode without talking about A Hard Day's Night from the Beatles, because honestly, I don't like it. So we're going to start with it. Because to me, this is the era of the Beatles, their early stuff, where they really hadn't even begun to tap into what would make them special. However, it certainly helped to make them the megastars that they are regarded as. At only 30 minutes long, it pretty quickly goes from peppy pop track to peppy pop track, and I'm just glad it's nowhere near as long as the White Album, which I do love. If only we were doing an episode about long albums. Anyway, to me, I guess this doesn't really work simply because I do not like it. But to many, this was more great Beatles. And it'd be unfair to say there's nothing good on it. Things We Said Today is pretty good. You say you will love me If I have to go You'll be thinking of me Somehow I will know Someday when I'm lonely Wishing you weren't so far away Then I will remember Things we said today You say you'll be mine, girl Till the end of time These days such a kind girl Seems so hard to find Someday when we're dreaming Deep in love, not a lot to say Then we will remember Things we said today Me, I'm just the lucky kind Love to hear you say that love is love And though we may be blind Love is here to stay And that's enough to make you my girl Be the only one 
Love me all the time, girl. We'll go on and on. Someday when we're dreaming, deep in love, not a lot to say. Then we will remember things we said today. Me, I'm just the lucky kind. Love to hear you say that love is love. Though we may be blind, love is here to stay, and that's enough to make you mine, girl. Be the only one. Love me all the time, girl. We'll go on and on. Someday when we're dreaming, deep in love, not a lot to say. Then we will remember things we said today. The folk music boom of the 1960s was motivated by the honesty and immediacy of music, and Bob Dylan was, for a time at least, one of the figureheads of this aesthetic. And even though he was banished from the world of folk for dalliances with electric guitars, he never fully escaped the innate brevity of the genre that made him famous. In terms of his shortest album, the pride goes to 1969's Nashville Skyline, at a respectable 26 minutes. The album is a bit of a throwback by his standards, and it was wedged between two of his most era-defining albums, John Wesley Harding and Self-Portrait. With so many clashing ideas whirling around at the same time, firing out rapid releases was the name of the game. This undoubtedly helped to reduce the amount of cross-pollination of his songs. Big Time Bob even got one of his famous pals to join in on Nashville Skyline's opening track. Shish, talk about going Hollywood. This is Girl from the North Country, featuring Johnny Cash. If you're traveling to the North Country Fair Where the winds hit heavy on the borderline Remember me to one who lives there For she once was a true love of mine See for me that her hair's hanging down It curls and falls all down her breast See for me that her hair's hanging down That's the way I remember her best if you go When the snowflakes fall When the rivers freeze And summer ends Please see for me If she's wearing a coat so warm To keep her from the howling If you're traveling in the North Country Fair 
Punk or skate punk albums, actually punk in general, have a tendency to have some rather short albums. So while none of their albums actually come in at under 30 minutes, Blink-182 have come pretty close on multiple occasions. The reissue of Buddha comes in at 31 minutes, Enema of the State is 35, and Neighbourhoods is 36, which it's close enough when we're allowed to break our own rules. This is usually all you need from a punk band. The t- songs tend to be nice and snappy, and if the album went on too long, you might it might wear out its welcome. Isn't that right, Joe Strummer? Anyway, this is Blink-182 with Anthem from Anima of the State. <laughs> Twenty-one. You don't belong. You left the kids to carry on. You 
Not to be confused with the Florida death metal band of the same name, Detroit Rockers at Death probably have the best excuse on tonight's episode as to why their debut album was so short. For the whole world to see, clocks in at just 26 and a half minutes, and that's because that was actually all the material that they'd ever recorded in the 34 years between starting the album and its eventual release in 2009. Death was formed by the Hackney Brothers in the late 60s, but they split up in 77, with only one single to their name that circulated in the underground world of tape trading. Decades later, a copy of that single was found by the singer's son, Julian. Julian launched a one-man campaign to get his father's album release, which in turn inspired a full-blown death reunion that carries on to this day. For the whole world to see is an incredible time capsule of a record from the peak of the Detroit rock scene, but it's definitely on the short side. Considering how long these tapes were rotting away in storage, I think we can forgive them for that. This is Death with Let the World Turn.
I get to talk about Amigo the Devil again. I mentioned in our Best of 2021 episode how short his album Born Against is at only 33 minutes and how that really works for him. It somehow feels too short and that it leaves you wanting more, but at the same time absolutely perfect for the same reason. You want to go back and listen again, or at least I do. As is always the case for this guy, the album is incredibly bleak. However, unlike his previous work, it has its moments of levity, like on the song Murder at the Bingo Hall. It was a quiet night down at the gaming hall. The doubled up on cocaine and Adderall. The room full of smoke and the air so still that I choked when I raised up both of my hands to yell bingo. I was looking around trying to track down who the biggest threat would be. Seeing the fear in everybody's eyes and apparently it was me. I guess I know why. I've been coming here cleaning house for the past few weeks. I was B-I-N-G-I-N-G-B-I-N-G-O From the second I walked in, I planned my attack Three packets in hand, I sat at my usual table and back He might have been calling the numbers, but I was calling the shots After four in a row, I jumped up and yelled I'm killing it. Everyone's sitting around like a people garden. Tension built as the wrap up nears the end. This dabber is a weapon, sending everyone to bingo heaven. Held back by the numbers I don't have. Then the room got quiet. Everyone's breath was still. 
gave us the feeling in our chest that tightness, only losing everything. And the game begins now. A lot of the metal classics of the 80s had a tendency to be bloated and flabby around the middle. So this is your timely reminder that one of the most famous metal records of all time squeaks it just shy of 29 minutes. Slayer's Rain and Blood was very different from other metal albums released in 1986, a list which includes icons such as Metallica's Master of Puppets and Iron Maiden's Somewhere in Time. Unlike its contemporaries, though, Rain and Blood had no interest in wasting even a single moment of its runtime and immediately gets down to business. But is it perhaps a little too short? Now, I'm not going to say that Rain and Blood is a two-song album, but if you've only ever heard two Slayer songs in your life, I can all but guarantee they're the two famous ones from here. Would a few more minutes of runtime have allowed for a third killer song? We'll never know. But just two years later, Slayer released South of Heaven, and all was good in the land of thrash metal, so at least they still had plenty more in the tank. This is Slayer with Criminally Insane.
Beach Boys actually had a few albums on the shorter runtime side of things. And as a fan of the Beach Boys, I will tell you that they're all pretty decent. However, if you like your Beach Boys a little less Beach Boys-y, then look no further than Wild Honey. This is the band going full-on blue-eyed soul, far less beachy. At the time, this album was panned for deviating too far from what was expected from the band after Smile, and somehow Jim Morrison being a fan of the album further fueled this critical reception. More recently, however, it's been looked back on fondly. This is a great album and just shows that the guys did have some decent range, even if that's not what their fans at the time wanted. And if you don't like it, it's only 24 minutes long, so you don't have to suffer for too long. This is the title track. was a big star in country music in the 50s and 60s, and in 1968 he hitched himself to one of the genre's fastest rising stars. It's hard not to be a bit cynical when looking at his chart-topping run of duet albums with his protege, none other than Miss Dolly Parton. Together they released an impressive 13 records in as many years. But now you have to take into account that not a single one of these 13 albums cracked the 30-minute mark, and certain questions of value tend to come up. It's clear this partnership was lucrative and was strategically milked in calculated increments to maximise the profits. Let it never be said that Porter Wagoner was not a canny businessman. 
Dolly clearly didn't mind the arrangement too much, as she was destined for much, much greater things. But Wagner had played a big part in her career, and that was a kindness she wasn't likely to forget. After all, her desire to step away from Wagner to become a solo artist was the inspiration for her forever hit, I Will Always Love You. But wouldn't even 30 minutes of music have killed them? From Porter and Dolly, this is Porter and Dolly with We'd Have to Be Crazy. To give you value for money. be crazy to put up with the crazy things we do crazy crazy we'd have to be crazy but you know i'm crazy about you either i'm crazy or you are one or maybe it's me and you oh we'd have to be crazy to live like this and go through what we go through well, our love's so strong, but we can't get along. There's never a minute of peace. If I ain't a quarreling and a fussing at you, you're a quarreling and a fussing at me. I know it. Crazy, crazy, we'd have to be crazy. To up with the crazy things. Yeah, I'm already gone. I know it is, you. Crazy, crazy, we'd have to be crazy. But you know I'm crazy about you. You know now, seriously, I am crazy about seriously? you, really. Well, the really. only trouble is, though, you're crazy when you ain't about me. Oh, <laughs> ain't that funny, little rascal? Yeah, shut up, Sam. <laughs> well, we must love to live like this in our subconscious mind. You but ain't how can you so love somebody so much and despise them at the very same time, ain't you, me? <laughs> I guess our fight is the only excitement. <laughs> We have Get in our behind, life. <laughs> two grown people to live like this. We couldn't be too bright. Crazy, crazy. We have to be crazy to put up with the crazy things we do. Crazy, crazy. We have to be crazy, but you know I'm crazy about you. You are crazy, really, you know. Oh, I don't think so. I believe I'm going to be all right. I think I figured I, out who it is, though. It's you or me, one. I think I'm going to be all right. I think it's you or Judy, one. One of these crazy other Judy. Hi, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> You're gone, kid. Gone? But the only thing is, I took you with me. <laughs> this has been a recording. The debut self-titled album from Ramones somehow only came in at 29 minutes, which seems mad considering how many iconic songs they managed to pack onto it. Admittedly, I'm not the biggest fan of Ramones, but this album is a classic, and if I was ever in the mood to listen to them, this is the one I'd put on. Blitzkrieg Bop, Judy is a Punk, Chainsaw, and 53rd and 3rd are all here. Hell, there's 14 tracks over that 29 minutes that are all worth your time, especially if you are a punk fan. No song on this album comes close, however, to the wonderfully weird I Don't Want to Go Down to the Basement.
Now, Motorhead were not a punk band per se, but they were heavily inspired by punk, and nowhere is that influence felt more keenly than on their self-titled debut album from 1977. Motorhead, the album, took more than a few cues from the Ramones self-titled album that had landed the previous year. And unsurprisingly, it's also the band's shortest album, which allows them to rip through a tight set of originals and covers in no time flat. The last thing that an album like Motorhead needed was to be artificially elongated or overly indulgent. The first song on the album, which is also just called Motorhead, is one of the all-time great debut openers in history, which has nothing to do with its length, but it's still pretty cool. Motorhead, 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 this is Motorhead with Motorhead from Motorhead. Motorhead. was never one to conform to like anything 
So as a part of this, his album's lengths varied wildly over the years, with 1999 coming in at a very respectable 70 minutes, right down to Dirty Mind, his third album coming in at only 30 minutes and 14 seconds, which means the entirety of this album is only a few minutes longer than his song The War. That's some range. Or inconsistency, whatever you want to call it. While Dirty Mind may not have been his most well-known or best-received album, it was the album early in Prince's career that set the tone for what sort of sound he would become known for. So, while it might not be his best, it is one of his most important. And this is the title track.
previously on the show, I've espoused the virtues of what I have termed the popcorn album. The special subclassification of record rarely holds onto the same style, genre, or tone across songs, making each track a bite-sized experience of its own before moving on for the next thing. As a result of these properties, they also tend to be on the shorter side. Amani Coppola's 2019 album, The Protagonist, was not only my album of the year, but it is a very fine example of this popcorn album concept. On The Protagonist, Amani weaves a tale of self-worth and addressing mental health issues, and the only way to do this was at a frenetic pace and a blur of music. Despite being a brisk 32 minutes, she covers more ground than albums twice the length. Coppola touches on R&B, industrial punk, country soul, 60s pop, new wave, and so much more without even slowing down to take a breath. It's a wonderfully eclectic, challenging, and authentically bipolar record from a musician claiming back her status as an artist. For further reading on popcorn albums, see also Mixed Race by Tricky and That Handsome Devil's debut album. But we're talking about Amani Coppola, and this is Contributing Member of Society. I'm overdue for a proper nervous breakdown Just lock me in the psych ward and let me work my shit out I've lost so much time chasing tail and drinking wine And now I gotta do my taxes and get back on my grind I've never underestimated the potency of love I've lived so long without it, I consider it a drug Something I might take Bitch, I'll let you eat today if you can make your rent And get some exercise, I might just shake you from your funk And if you write a song, I'll reward you for a job well drunk I've never took for granted all the time I've got on hand But certain days I'm getting by on Amazon demand Worst things I could be doing, worst man I could be screwing Ever since the invention of hardcore, the entire genre appeared to be in an arms race to create the loudest, angriest noise they could and cram it to the smallest space possible. This in part explains the existence of Grindcore, the natural conclusion to this war on length. And by 1988, this ethos arguably reached its zenith with the release of From Enslavement to Oblivion by Napalm Death. 
Not only is this album shockingly brief, covering 22 tracks in under half an hour, so was its creation. It allegedly only took six days and 800 pounds to record what became an undisputed cornerstone of the grindcore genre. Music has rarely been this direct and uncomplicated since. And from that album, this is Napalm Death with Unchallenged Hate. we haven't spoken about in a while well a lot of them but daughters i'm actually surprised at how little we've spoken about them because yeah they're pretty cool i guess the issue for many would be that they aren't exactly the most accessible band out there it can take a bit to get into the likes of mathcore industrial grindcore or no wave and that's what these guys are all of the above their album, You Won't Get What You Want, is their best and has a decent runtime of 48 minutes, but their first three all ran under 30. Hell, their first album was only 11 minutes. For tonight, though, we are looking at their second, Hell Songs, which may be a bit longer at 23 minutes, but their first was Hot Garbage, so we aren't playing that. Instead, you can listen to a song that sounds like the name would suggest, recorded inside a pyramid.
you once again for spending a short time with us here at the outer limit frequency as you've enjoyed what you've listened to so far i would highly recommend jumping onto spotify because there's a whole lot more there i promise and since you're coming back next week we're going to do pretty much the same thing but not the same thing because it's going to be long albums instead of short albums we will see you then Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.